Welcome to Tell Me Some More with me, your host, Dr. Shiva, clinical psychologist and curious human about all things emotions, relationships, connection, and growth. My mission is to help you in improving your self-confidence and your relationships, both with yourself as well as with others, and to increase your awareness around the topics that actually matter in order to live an intentional, fulfilling life. Each week, I'll be releasing one episode that will either be a solo session with me or a conversation with an expert in a different field. While I hope that you find this information helpful, it's not intended to be a substitute for mental health or medical treatment or professional advice. Now let's get curious and help you to have more of the life and the relationships that you desire and so deserve. Enjoy everyone. Hello, Talia. Hi. Thank you for joining me. So I'm so excited. Talia Goldstein is here from Three Day Rule, the matchmaking service. And I was sharing with you offline that I'm just so excited to be having this conversation with you. You are someone who I admire as a woman entrepreneur and founder. And I feel like there's so much that we can talk about. But also, I just love the work that you're doing and the fact that you're bringing so much love and joy in people's lives as someone who really values relationships. So thank you again for joining me. Of course, I'm excited to chat. I would love if you could just introduce yourself, share a little bit about what you do and how this matchmaking service and your company works. We are personalized matchmakers and we're a nationwide company. And basically what people do is they come to us, we learn about them and what they're looking for. And then it's like outsourcing your love life. You know, we'll do all the work for you. So once we have a handle on what you're looking for, we go through and interview all the potential matches that could be a fit. And anyone who's truly a fit, we send over to you. You go on the dates, we get feedback after, and it's a really holistic approach. So what the clients get it's matchmaking, it's some date coaching. We take new pictures with them. At the very least, our clients walk away a more confident dater, but obviously the goal is to find them the love of their life. I love that. And I feel like that's especially so helpful right now because even though there's so many platforms to be able to connect, in some ways it just feels like dating has become more challenging. I definitely agree with that statement. I think that at the beginning, the apps were amazing. It gave you a chance to connect with people you otherwise would not meet. But now it's made dating harder. There are just too many options. You know, if you started app dating in your 20s, you've been on it for 10 years. It's really exhausting. The average online dater spends 12 hours a week online. So I think people are on the apps because they feel it's a necessity, but nobody wants to be there anymore. And why do you think it is so difficult? I mean, since we do have so many options, like what are your thoughts about what makes it so difficult to be able to find your person? Well, I think part of it in the beginning, people were joining because they were really looking for a serious relationship. And so the pool was, they were looking for something committed and now everyone's on. So you might be looking for marriage and the person you're on the date with is just looking for a fling. And so it just made it a lot more complicated and you really need to go on the date before you can figure out if you align. And so it's, really challenging. And then also there's just something about the apps that have made people flaky. There's little accountability. So then you get all this ghosting and breadcrumbing and like there are all these terms now, I think, because of online dating. So it's just a really exhausting and frustrating process. Absolutely. I can personally attest <laughs> to it. And it just, I know people like my friends and even clients that I've worked with, just as a society, I feel like in some ways it's just so much harder to connect and it's harder to know what someone is looking for. 
even for myself, but like I oftentimes will encourage people. I'm like, you need to like intentionally ask, like, what are you looking for? Because I think it's so easy to assume that they're just there for a romantic connection. And maybe it could be just a pen pal, really, not even just like for fun. And so when, when we're thinking about finding like a good fit, and that is something that so many of us are looking for, like finding our person, what does that even mean? Like what makes someone a good fit for you? I think it ultimately comes down to core values. That's probably the most important thing and lifestyle and future goals. And then there is a piece of attraction. So there's a lot that goes into it. What we do with our clients when they come to us is we ask them to tell us what they're looking for and we go through everything. And then we help them prioritize the must-haves, deal breakers, and nice-to-haves. Because often people are coming to us and they really haven't gone through that exercise. So it's hard for them on the dates to figure out if this is actually truly the best fit. But once you've prioritized, it makes it a little bit easier. So we help them through that process. You know, the person, it should feel easy. You know, sometimes people will go on the dates and they'll come back and say, the butterflies weren't there. Like I didn't feel the spark and I'm not going on a second date. And really that's not going to make the difference. What you should feel is like you're at home, really comfortable, at ease. And so I think a lot of people are missing opportunities because they're looking for the wrong things in that first date. I love that, that you feel at home with the person. And it is easier. Yeah. I think so often it's like the passion, right? Like that excitement initially could continue, but a lot of times it may not continue. I know you've talked about just like the slow burn I've heard you share in like podcasts talking about what we think we want versus what we need. Can you share a little bit about that? Yes, definitely. I think it's hard. You know, we get a lot of feedback from our parents and from movies. And so a lot of the clients come to us and they have this list of things that they truly believe that they need in a partner. But actually, that's not what's going to make them happy 20 years from now. And so what we do as matchmakers is we help them figure out what they need versus what they want. And it is a journey that they go through with us. But a lot of the clients that end up married through 3D Rule are outside the original criteria. One example is early in my career, I had this girl who came, she actually was from Orange County and she was quite preppy and she was Jewish and she wanted a Jewish finance guy who would wear a suit. And, you know, likely that came from her parents. That's what she thought she really needed. And so as I dug deeper with her and I learned more about her, I realized she actually had more of an edge than at first glance. So I dug a little bit deeper and I said, I have a guy for you that I think meets what you're looking for, that has the core values. You want similar things in life, but he is not what you're asking for. He is all tatted up. He's like a rocker, has long hair, but I think you could be a fit. Are you willing to take a chance? And she said, sure. And long story short, they're married now with a kid. And I'm confident she would have swiped left on him on an app because she thought she needed one thing when actually this other guy was what made her the happiest. So her like openness to the person not fitting into that idea or that box of what her type or what she had envisioned, it seems like was the biggest thing. Yes. That is so important because especially with app dating, what people are doing is they're swiping on what's familiar and familiar is not always what's best for them. So I'm convinced people are swiping right past their soulmate because it's so hard to judge online. So online and, you know, meeting through friends, it's just so important to keep an open mind because your person is likely coming in a different package than you expect. 
I love that. Yeah. Even when I think about my own personal life, I'm like, the people that I've dated are usually not people, even though they have similar qualities to each relationship, I would say the values are usually the same. But yeah, they look very different from one another. And I think oftentimes I'm surprised. Let's say like you're open, right? And I think something that I'll oftentimes even hear from girlfriends is like, I'm open to meeting someone and I'll go on a date and everything's great, right? Like similar values, similar personality, all of these things, or maybe they complement one another as far as their personalities. But then there's no quote unquote chemistry. Like, what does that even mean? And like, what should we consider if we're in that situation? Definitely consider at least going on a second date. If you are remotely attracted to them and they seem kind, go on a second date because you can't bring your full personality on the first date. So you might be seeing one side to them. Maybe they're a little more serious, but on the second date, they're more playful. And so if you are curious to learn more, it's just worth it to go on a second date and maybe a third and change it up. If you did a drink date, you know, go play mini golf. It's impossible to see all the different sides to somebody on that first date. So it's worth another shot. And would one continue if like, is there like a certain time limit that you're like, well, if you don't hit that chemistry by like a month, then maybe you shouldn't continue or would you just continue until you're sure either way? I would say like four or five, six dates. I mean, there's no rule, but give yourself enough time. And if you continue to be curious to learn more about that person, it's just worth your time. You don't have to go on eight, nine hour dates, you know, grab a drink or grab dinner or go on a walk, like just to get to know the person a little bit more, but it shouldn't go on forever. I think a handful of dates, you'll know. You should be leading one way or another. But I love the fact that you're like highlighting just being curious. I think the other piece that I oftentimes see is just how important our mindset is and what we're going in with, right? So like, are we envisioning that we have to fit like date a certain type, but also what are our own beliefs about ourselves and about the dating process? And I know you all also do provide date coaching, right? Yes. Well, the feedback on the matchmaking side is so valuable because what we do is we'll set a couple up and then after we get feedback from both sides. So it becomes really clear what our client is like on a date. And so we're able to help them become a better dater. And if you don't get that post-date feedback, you are likely spinning your wheels. You know, if you're going on a date and you're not getting a second date or a third date, you have no idea why. But through matchmaking, we're able to really identify, like maybe you're not showing interest. And so they're not asking you on a second date. Or maybe you rolled them with questions. So there are so many different scenarios, but the feedback is incredibly helpful. Yeah, I think so often we may not know how we're be coming across. So like they're getting that feedback from you all and just from the data, like that there's nothing more powerful than that. Let's say like you are dating someone, there's interest that continues. In your experience of setting up so many couples who've been just like successful long-term relationships or marriages, have you oftentimes found or matchmakers, have they found that people typically know that this is the person that they're going to marry? Or is it something that builds, right? Like you may know you want to date someone and be in a relationship. And the reason I ask that is because I think so often the message I will hear from people who either the media or movies is like, you know, from the beginning. And my experience hasn't always been like that. But I would love to hear yours as a professional matchmaker. It's interesting. At the moment, I'm analyzing like hundreds of our success stories. And one thing I'm looking at is the post-date feedback. So I haven't finalized everything, but a trend that I am noticing is that after the first date in a couple that's a man and a woman, the man is smitten and he pretty much knows like I am into this girl. And 
typically the woman doesn't know. She's really cautious and she's not sure. And it takes like two, three, four, five dates before she gets it. And then they're both on the same page. Wow. Oh my gosh. I'll keep you posted. But as I'm analyzing, I'm definitely noticing this trend. Wow. That is so interesting. In some ways, I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. In other ways, it's also so surprising that men just know from the beginning and they're so decisive with what they want. They're so excited. They come back and she's amazing. Like, you know, no issue. Sometimes we'll ask the question, do you have any hesitations after the date? And the guys, no, no hesitations. Or I don't even want to go there. Like everything was great. And the woman usually has hesitations and, you know, she's unsure, but she's curious to know more. Why do you think that is that we hesitate more? <laughs> I know, maybe we just analyze more than they do. I'm not sure. Even in my own relationship, it honestly took me four, five, six dates before I had that moment where I realized this is it. But I was looking for something. I had previously dated guys that were really funny, like almost comedians. And I loved that. And my husband was so kind and generous and had all these really great qualities, but I didn't see that side to him. Until one day he had to email me and in the email, he was hilarious. And then I realized he had such a great sense of humor, but it was coming out in different ways. And, you know, then I was all in. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's great. So often it's like, what trait are we looking to see? But also like, I oftentimes think of like, how are we wanting to feel, right? Like I know for myself too, I am Iranian American. And so there's so many values for my Iranian culture that I have. And I oftentimes will even think to myself, well, like, I may not necessarily want the behaviors that like my brother is or my dad may have, but what are the feelings that they invoke within me? And that's sort of what I'll try to look for. But I think it's so helpful for us to think of those feelings and that it can show up in so many different ways. I really love that too. I totally agree. It's how did this person make you feel? Were you stiff on the date? Were you relaxed? Did you feel at ease? Were you yourself? That's so important on the date to make sure I you're the best version of yourself and you're not trying to act in a, a certain way. So it's helpful on the dates not to future think. Like while you're on the date, not to think, is this is he going to be my husband or is he going to be good in bed? And you know, just to really focus on the present and enjoy yourself so you can analyze how this person makes you feel. And then after the date, you can ask all those questions. But while you're on the date, just be present and try to enjoy it. Yeah, like try to slow yourself down if your mind is jumping to the future because we can miss so much data. I think the more present we can stay, the more actually accurate information we're taking in about that person and that relationship. But I love that, like seeing how you are with them and how much of you you are really. I also encourage people to like go out with people who you trust and people who know you really well, because I think they can also give really great feedback of like, are you really you? (laughs) Is this like, is this the Shiva or whoever I know, right? Yeah. Not everyone can do matchmaking, but anyone can sign up for free. Just like to sign up to be in the pool. But on the matchmaking side, when you're really getting the feedback, it's so helpful because then you can really work on what is missing. Like for example, we have this client who she's an attorney and I and her friends say she's hilarious. But when she's on the date, she's not that flirty. And that side of her doesn't come out. And so the men aren't sure if she's interested or not. So now we're working with her on flirting, like really getting her to feel comfortable so she can flirt on the dates and get that like third, fourth, fifth date. This is through the coaching, right? That's part of the program. Yes. 
So the match, the clients work with a matchmaker and the matchmaker is in charge of matching the client, but also giving day-to-day advice and helping with the post-date feedback. But in addition, they're assigned a separate person who's their coach. And that person can help them dig deeper on anything that's coming up. So in that example, she has to work on flirting and showing interest. And so she's going deeper with her coach. That's such a great resource. I feel like if anyone is able to come for matchmaker and to get that feedback and really work on themselves and how they're coming across, but like also showing different sides of yourself is so important. And also, what would you say? I feel like something that I've seen a lot is I know a ton of professional, single, really amazing people, both men and women, and they're either experience more challenges in dating, which I'm curious to get your thoughts on. But also something that I'll see is, and I'll talk to my friends about this a lot, is like, what is the difference between settling versus accepting the reality that we are all imperfect and we all come with stuff, right? And there's no perfect person or that perfect like fairy tale of an experience. So what is the difference between that for you? Any like thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's true. Nobody is perfect. And sometimes these very successful people come to us and they're looking for like a mirror version of themselves. So I make this amount of money and I want someone who makes more than me. And ultimately, like that, what's missing in their life, you know, if they're very successful and they've accomplished a lot and they have a lot of money, for example, they don't necessarily need somebody else that has a lot of money. That might not be the compliment. So we may be looking for other traits. Another example, so we were talking about this client today. We do a team call every Monday where we go over a lot of the success stories and the matchmakers get to share. So one of the clients we discussed today was someone who she's incredibly successful. Like it would be very hard to find her a match like as successful. She's just accomplished so much. And when she came to us, that's originally what she was asking for. And so we were doing a great job delivering her very successful guides, but there was something missing. And so ultimately we matched her and she's in love and everything's fantastic. But the matchmaker switched gears and started looking for guys who would make her feel really special, who were consistent, who were playful. And so she ended up with this guy who's not as successful as she is, but makes her so happy. And he's the planner. So he's planned every date. He shows up an hour early, making sure everything's perfect, planning vacations. And that makes her feel so special. And, you know, he is successful in his own right, but he doesn't have to be the mirror version of her. And so now they're planning to travel the world. They have grown kids. And so now this is the next chapter where they're going to travel together. Yeah, I love that. That's so beautiful. I, I like literally warms my heart. But so it's like our own expectations of like what we need. But also, I think so often when we just may not like it sounds like we assume that like, if I'm a certain way, then I need to have someone with this degree or this background. And that then equates success when there's like so many other things that can equate success. And it sounds like just the complementary aspect of it. Exactly. You might want those things because you are those things. And you have every right to ask for that. But that's not necessarily what's going to make you happy. You know, if you have two very successful people who are constantly traveling and you don't get to see each other, that might not be the best match for you. Right. Oftentimes when they're two type A people, right, like who are very professionally driven or present a certain way, like it can actually cause more conflict, right? Like you may just never see each other too. (laughs) Right. So you understand each other's lives, but we say often that there's one star and one rock in a relationship. It's very difficult to have two stars in the relationship. Usually it's one star and then one sort of supportive character who also is very confident, but 
it's complementary. Yeah, very grounding. Yes. What makes sort of when you think about like in the many couples that you all have set up, just of the couples who've been more long term or have led to marriage, what are maybe some of the earlier traits that were present that you think are important for daters to keep in mind that maybe we're not focusing as much on? Well, usually the consistent guys win in the end. So if you say you are going to call and you call at that time and you plan, you know, you consistently plan the dates, like usually the nice consistent guys ultimately win. They might not be the types in the beginning that we're so excited about, but if you, you know, do what you say, like usually that's what ends up happening is, you know, our clients end up with really solid, consistent guys. Yes. So that's definitely one trait, but it's so nuanced. You know, every client is looking for something a little bit different and brings something to the table. So it's not really one size fits all, but what we're asking for after every day, it's just assessing like, how did this person make you feel? Are you curious to know more about them? The other thing about matching is they don't have to do a lot of work because we're already pairing people who align. So like they already align on religion and kids and goals for the future and politics. So we take care of that for them. So their job is really just to figure out if the chemistry can grow, if the chemistry is there. Can we connect? Can we have fun? And like, can something start from there? Yeah. I love the consistency piece too. And I think of that emotional availability for me comes up with consistency, right? Like, so there's like that effort, you know, they're interested. I think these things are so important. Yes. Well, on that topic, I will say probably the most important thing you can do when you're dating is to show interest because I see so many couples that we match that end up dating that without us would not go on a second or third date. And that's because one party is not showing interest in the other person, you know, just just makes that assumption that they're not interested and doesn't ask them out again. So I've seen this over and over where we're able to say, oh no, actually that person wants to go out with you again. You should ask them out. Where without us, they just wouldn't. So if you go on a date and you're interested in the person, it's so important to let them know. And it's not enough to say, thank you so much. I had a great time. You have to say like, thank you so much. I had so much fun. I'd love to do this again. Or like, we should go to that concert next week. Like they need to know that you're actually interested in going out again. Yeah. Like following up, putting yourself out there. It's like, what's the worst that could happen? They're not interested. They would just, they are not going to follow up then or they're going to say they're not interested. I feel like we have this ideas within our mind of who we should end up with, but also we make such quick judgments and such quick interpretations of other people's behaviors. Maybe they just present differently than we would, right? And so I love that. Just putting yourself out there a little more. With that, sort of similar to this conversation that we're having, what are some ways that people can be proactive in their dating life, right? Like, of course, matchmaking is a really great way to do that. What are some other ways in like their day-to-day that we can be more proactive? It's important to have a dating portfolio. So even if you do matchmaking, you should also be looking in other ways. So if you're up for online dating, it's worth it. But it's so important to be proactive. If you see someone interesting, you message them, you ask them out. Like I would not wait around. Yeah. Same with meeting people in person and ask your friends to set you up. Like be proactive because chances are your person's not knocking on your door. Like you're going to have to make it happen. It's not like the movies. So 
joining a salsa class or a tennis team, like doing something that you love to do, like living your life, but put yourself in front of other people. And then if you find yourself interested in someone, ask them out, which is scary. Yeah, I was going to say. But worth it. (laughs) Yes, scary, but worth it. I was listening to a podcast and I heard how you mentioned that you match made yourself, right? Yeah, exactly. I did the same thing. I immediately remember thinking that is amazing. And I love the confidence. And I love that she put herself out there. And at the same time, I was thinking, oh my gosh, that is scary. And so many of us wouldn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. But I mean, I would always, when I would go out at night, write my number on a napkin and hand it to people. Because I thought, okay, they're not going to, worst case, they don't call. Not a big deal. You know, they're not my person. But it's so much easier when you put yourself out there. Yeah. What's the worst that can happen? They just won't call you back or they're not interested, which oftentimes can be more helpful to know early on than thinking about allowing someone to take mental space or, you know, pursuing someone where you just may not know if they're actually interested or not. That directness can help. It definitely, yeah. Well, I was saying that, especially for men, they deal with rejection a lot. So when someone's proactively saying like, hey, I'm interested in you, it makes them feel so special. And I think, you know, once you've experienced a lot of rejection, you're not putting yourself out there as much. So the guys aren't approaching the same way that they did pre-apps. I think just in general, you know, you go to a bar sometimes and people aren't even talking. They're on their phone swiping because it's so much easier. So at least it will make their day and they'll feel flattered, you know, if you approach them and show interest. This can obviously look different in many, like depending on the person's personality and, you know, what they're comfortable with. But what are like some ideas of ways of approaching? Because I feel like sometimes it can be really simple. Like you could just be just saying hi and smiling, right? Exactly. Like hi and smiling. If you end up in a conversation, I think the easiest thing to do is say we should. So for example, if you're discussing art, that you both like art, we should go to that museum. This, you know, exhibit is coming soon or music. Like, oh, we should go check out that concert. It's just a really easy way to show interest. And it's not as scary. Or let's play tennis sometime. You know, that's, I think, the easiest way to approach it. Yeah, I love that. Like sharing with them something that you want to do. But I also feel like it just communicates just so much confidence. Oh, like this is not that big of a deal. Like this person's interested, but they also seem like they would be just fine. That's what I'm like taking away of like, it comes across really well, right? Like if we can just say something simple like that, and the other person's not only gonna be flattered, but I think it's attractive when we see that confidence. Definitely agree. So just putting ourselves more out there and just seeing what happens, seeing what happens. But I also just want to go back and highlight one other thing that you shared of asking, sharing with other people, like sharing with your friends, like you are interested in putting on a blind date or being connected with someone. I think that is also a really important way because I know so many people are just tired of the online dating and swiping fatigue and the ghosting and everything else that can sometimes come up with online dating. Are there anything else that you would think that maybe as an early dater that people should consider or things they should look for early on? I know that's like a very general question, but is there anything else that comes to mind? I know we've talked about a ton right now. It ultimately won't work out unless you share the same goals. So finding out slowly over time, like I wouldn't grow the person on the first date, but you can ask a couple questions on the date and then the next day, ask a few more just to get more of a sense of, do you want the same things? If you know, that means children for you or marriage or living in that city. We have people 
that come to us now and say, I'd really like someone who might be open to living abroad. So figuring out what your future goals are and then sprinkling that in through the dates in a way that isn't grilling them, just like having an open conversation about what they're looking for. Yeah. Like being that genuinely curious, but also intentional in what you're sharing. Yes. Do you find that more people are just doing the long distance and like abroad dating and living now that we are like a little post pandemic or in this remote world? Definitely shifted in COVID. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's because so many people can work remotely that it's much easier to do long distance. Where pre COVID, people would request like a 10 mile radius. And now most of our clients are doing a nationwide search. They'll, you know, choose the city that they're in as the primary focus. But if the perfect match is in New York or Chicago or San Francisco, they're open to it. And so we've had many engagements that have done long distance. And it was relatively easy. Bouncing back and forth between LA and San Francisco is like 45 minutes. You know, it's it's so doable. So a lot more people are open to it. And then you have this other group that they want to travel around. They live like more of the nomad life. And so it's pairing people, you know, accordingly. So often they are asking for someone who would live abroad at some point. It's amazing because I think during the pandemic, I think we just realized how important the quality of our relationships are and how important it is with the person who we're living with or dating that we like get along and are, you know, can be with for long periods of time when that excitement isn't there necessarily, right? Or the distractions with like restaurants and all of that. So it's interesting because I do see I'm in Southern California and Orange County and I even see like prior to the pandemic, my LA friends would think OC was so far and vice versa. And now I feel like now we're all all dating across SoCal. It's so true. So there's more of that openness. There's more of a value on just like the quality of the relationship, it seems like. And exactly what you said, like what the pandemic did was make you focus on like how that person made you feel. So you would want a pandemic buddy that makes you laugh and feel supportive and caring. That felt more important than someone that would take you to a fancy restaurant. So the lists shifted in COVID. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I just have loved connecting with you. And I feel like it's such an important conversation. I, as someone who just really, in general, I love talking about relationships and it's always just so fun. And I'm like always curious about people and their dynamics. But I mean, the person that we decide to live with or marry has like such a huge impact on just the quality of our well-being, our mental health, the life that we're going to live. And so I really appreciate you sharing all of these insights and hopefully it will be helpful to many and just the work that you are doing with matchmaking because you are definitely making it easier to find your person and connect with that person long-term. Thank you. Yeah, I live for this. And if so, you mentioned a little earlier that if someone wanted to, not necessarily if they want to become a client, but they would be able to enroll, I believe in your membership. Well, can you share a little bit more about what that could look like and where people could go for that? Yeah, so anybody can sign up to be in the network and that's free. So you go to 3dayrule.com. You just spell out the number 3dayrule. And then you fill out a brief profile and you're in our network. And then if we have a client and we think you might be a match, we'll reach out to you and see if you're interested. If so, we do a video call just to learn a little bit more about you. And if it's a fit, we set you up. So anyone can join the free pool. And then if you're more interested in one-on-one matchmaking, then you can become a client. But there's no pressure. You know, we do the same intake meeting with you regardless. Okay, amazing. So your Instagram handle is three day rule, but they would also be able to go to three day rule.com, right? Exactly. Okay, to learn more. Okay, amazing. And then I usually end my podcast episode with a few questions. I'm gonna ask you those same questions if that's okay. 
what is one piece of advice you would tell your younger self? So much. <laughs> I, I feel the same way when I think about it. This changes for me depending on the day. I'm like, well, yes. what do I need today? <laughs> yeah, I would say celebrate the small wins, celebrate the small successes. You know, especially as an entrepreneur, you want to get the funding and to grow your team quickly. But there are so many small wins that happen every day. To so just take a moment to really appreciate them and the journey and not necessarily only when the the big milestones happen. Yeah, amazing. For anyone who would love to learn more, like your professional journey is so inspiring. So I appreciate that you share that. And I think that your persistence and hard work has definitely come through. What is a piece of advice that you would tell your younger self to disregard? I would say it this way, that like opinions are data points. And, you know, you can listen to what other people are saying, but ultimately it's so important to trust your gut. So just, you know, disregard any opinions that you don't want (laughs) and just, you know, trust yourself, especially as an entrepreneur. If you saw something missing in the market, then you're actually the expert and really just to trust yourself and follow your passion. Thank you, Talia, so much for joining me on the podcast. It was so nice meeting you and connecting with you. It was so fun. Thank you. And then I will share more information around three-day rule on the show notes so people will be able to reach out. That sounds great. Thanks so much for tuning in to Tell Me Some More with Dr. Shiva. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you're enjoying the podcast, it would mean a lot to me if you would subscribe, share, and write me a five-star review on iTunes so that we can build this wonderful community and support others in living fulfilling lives. Just a reminder that this podcast and information shared is solely for informational, educational, and entertainment purposes. It's not meant to be a substitute for mental health or medical treatment or advice. If you're looking for additional support in your journey, please seek out a qualified professional. Until next time, everyone. Talk soon.